0: And this is where ChiliPad by SleepMe comes in. Its mission is to elevate the quality of human life through cool sleep. The ChiliPad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. ChiliPad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. It's designed for one or two sleepers. So if your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature or you only need it for one side of the bed, it still works. I just put this on top of my existing mattress and voila. So whether you're dealing with night sweats or simply seeking a better night's rest, Chili Pad is here to transform your existing mattress into a sanctuary of cool, relief and comfort. Visit www.sleep.me/ftl to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code FTL. This offers exclusively available for the Love Listeners only for a limited time. So order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with your sleep trial. So visit www.sleep, that's S-L-E-E-P, dot M-E slash F-T-L, because every woman deserves to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day ahead. everybody, <laughs> Welcome to our special Quarantine Queen series on the For the Love podcast. Today is a day, man. It's a good day. I'm so happy that you've downloaded today's episode. We are, you know, in this weird moment of isolation, and some of you are alone. Some of you are with a whole gang of other people, like my family, and we're all sort of Figuring out this new normal and figuring out how to break up these days, figuring out how to connect with people now that our normal channels are not available to us, figuring out how and when we can laugh because that still matters. You know, I reach for humor. Humor is my number one outlet. It is my favorite thing in the whole world. I have loved it forever. All my heroes are comics and comedians. So, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like today's guest is just, I have been such a fan for so long. And so having him on the show right now at this time means the world to me. Guys, Jim Gaffigan is here today. (laughs) Jim Gaffigan on the show. It's the greatest He has been making us laugh for so long. And I mean, sincerely, Jim has been this connecting point with me and my family for years. We took Gavin to see Jim's live show for his 13th birthday and he turns 22 next week. I'm just thrilled that he came on today. And he makes us laugh. He's going to make you laugh in this episode, of course. He can't help it. He just can't even help being funny, but it's also like a really earnest conversation. You know, Jim and I both have five kids, and he's in New York, and they literally cannot go out of their front door. And so we kind of talk right now about what this moment looks like for him and for his wife Janie and their five, and what we're hanging on to and what we're letting go of. And he is just as great as you would want him to be. In case you've been living under a rock, I don't know. Jim has countless award-winning comedy specials, countless for his stand-up shows, for his books, for his spots on CBS Sunday Morning, which is my favorite show. And now, and we'll link to this, you guys, he's been filming this nightly show at home during quarantine with his family called Dinner with the Gaffigans. Like they just, it's exactly what you think it is. It's on his YouTube channel. You can follow along in real time. It's just so endearing. And so he tells us during this interview that while he is in quarantine right now, he feels like he is running a diner. And I'm like, bro, solidarity. And basically, this is his new routine, waking up, eating, cleaning, then arguing. And he has a lot more to say, like what he hopes we'll walk away with from this season, what he hopes it'll mean for Americans and for America, and how he's getting through and what's making him laugh. And just, this is delightful. This whole conversation is delightful and I feel lucky to have had it. And so I am so happy to bring it to you, my favorite listeners on earth. Here's my conversation with the just hilarious, fantastic Jim Gaffigan. Hello. Yay. (laughs)
1: I'm here. I made it. You made it. It is an honor.
0: It is mine. Just big fan here for a really, really long time. So I'm sorry that your job's been canceled right now, but I'm happy that it means you get to say yes to a podcast.
1: There you go. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on. My community loves you. And so this is a real treat for everybody. We're putting together this series for the quarantine just because everybody, everything's just so effed up. And and so we thought we we can laugh, and we can figure out how to get through this together, and so you're our favorite person, and so thanks for saying yes to this.
1: I don't know about you. It's it's pretty overwhelming. Isn't it? Yeah. How many kids do you got? I assume you've got kids.
0: You'll see why we like you so much, because we have five, and so we're running a very similar circus. It's just no joke, right? And Now, we're a little bit north of you. I've got two in college and two in high school and one in middle. So at least we can be like, make a sandwich, you know, make yourself a sandwich or you don't deserve to live. And so they can be somewhat independent where you, you're you still doing a lot of heavy lifting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not diaper land, but it is no joke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. I was watching your Dinner with the Gaffigans yesterday. And when Jeannie brought out that color-coded two-page, hour-by-hour breakdown per kid about lost consciousness, I'm not getting, is she managing that?
1: Yeah, she's managing. It's one of those things where these kids are so good at technology, but logging into a Zoom or a Google Hang, that's suddenly what they don't understand dude, all you want is your screen. Now just click this button. And, and then also the, you know, some of it is the wireless and some of it is the schools are figuring it out.
0: Oh my gosh, right. We have two seniors in the house right now. I've got a senior in college and a senior in high school. And so everything is just so off the rails based on what we were all expecting. So like my position to the teachers is like, Guys, if you just kind of want to phone it in, none of us are going to be mad. Like, you just mail this one in, and we're going to also give you somewhere around like 55% is my best guess. We're just going to get to May. What grades do you have in the house?
1: Second, third, fifth, eighth, and sophomore. Dang. So two school plays canceled, which is heartbreaking. But this is the fate of, I'm sure you could recount it for your children. There's these life event things that are just kind of canceled. That's what's also weird. is I think people don't realize that parents not only are doing all this stuff, but we're also the heads, we're the homeschool psychologists.
0: That's right. And we're unqualified.
1: We're completely unqualified. And it's... I don't know. Again, and then there's, I feel a wave of guilt because I know that these healthcare workers are doing things that I could never do. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm still looking for a prize just for cooking dinner every day. I'm wanting a parade in my honor. I feel like I should deserve some credit. And that's so true. I mean, we are surrounded by like real heroes doing the actual heavy lifting on a day-to-day basis right now
1: yeah no i do breakfast and then i clean up after five kids which is no joke it isn't and nobody wants the same thing and i'm like what am i running a diner here and then i clean up after dinner and there's some helping you know here's the thing this school stuff is stupid at this point just forget it. Thank you. Just forget it. And I know that there's probably parents that would hate me for saying that, but like, forget it. Probably educators would say there is some level of normalcy, but I want to teach these kids how to clean a kitchen. I think that's more important than remembering some math. I don't know. Yeah. I can't believe this is in our lifetime.
0: Isn't it strange? We really are working hard in our family and me and my like kind of leadership space as to lowering the bar as low as we can get it. That's sort of our chief aim here. That's what I feel like I have to offer the world, which is terrible standards, like really subpar parenting, real kind of like, do you graduate? Do you not graduate? You know, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to go.
1: It's so interesting because... I had this conversation last night with my oldest and she was stressed about homework. And I was like, send your teacher an email right now saying that your dad demanded that you go to bed because teenagers, can you imagine being a teenager in this? You have them around you, but like my son has such a love and affection for video games. It's how he numbs himself, right? And you know, I'm too old to like I mean, I played a little bit, but nothing. Like I don't have that relationship. And so in all this chaos, that is his outlet. I saw out your window. It's like we're in New York City. We really can't even go outside. And because my wife had a brain tumor, you know, two years ago, essentially the highlight of my day is taking the garbage out and I get the boxes. I call that my me time. Sure. And it's weird. My wife is also very positive about all this. She's very much, it's spring, it's rebirth, all this stuff. And we know intellectually it is, right? And some of it is I can complain to you, but like even getting my kids to bed, I'm like, it's midnight, everyone to bed. And they're like, getting anyone to bed is just insane.
0: We are 100% running a frat house up in here. Just the wheels have all come off. We suggested, and I realize this makes us absolute monsters. I understand this. But we suggested to the teens that in the short window of time that they do their schoolwork, which is a minute compared to normal, that they turn their phones off to attend to their schoolwork. And it was Armageddon. It's just like we... Suggested putting them into solitary confinement, every last one of them. And, you know, I pulled one of them out of bed this morning at 11 a.m. at the crack of 11 and just thought, what are we doing? Like, what are we going to do? How is this ever going to work? Are they ruined? Are they doomed? I don't know.
1: I think it's a gift to them. I think this is going to be a generation that they're going to appreciate adult leadership. I think, not you and I, I'm talking about. They're not going to elect someone president who they want to have a beer with. They're going to be like, who's the smartest? Who's the most qualified? Who's going to hire smart people? I don't care if I dislike them. I don't know. This is my gut, is that there is an overall maturity that is being thrust upon the American psyche, which is very much kind of, we're a culture that worships youth and beauty. And now it's like, I don't know about you, but when Fauci talks, I'm like, I want to hear what this guy says.
0: It's my best friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's- it's, What we
0: want right now are sort of like curmudgeonly, square, incredibly nerdy, like uncles in the room, you know? I don't care if they have one ounce of charisma, uninterested in your charisma. Where are the adults? Are the adults in the room? That's all we're looking for. I hope that you're right, that that imprints on our kids. I know it's definitely affecting us adults for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how we carry this forward. We can be really slow to learn here in this country, so we'll see. I'm also kind of hoping our parents learn. I'm having to both manage my kids who were kind of like, well, this is boring. And why can't we just be with that one friend? Also, my mom, he's like, well, it's just a small store. It's not a big one. You know, I'm like, no, that's not how this goes, mom. That's not what quarantine means.
1: (laughs) I haven't had to deal with that. But I was, obviously my wife and I are equal, but I was the governor that was like, You know, I had to tell my wife, the mother of five children, nobody can come in and help clean up the house, which is insane to do to someone who has five children, whether they're a husband or a wife. And I had to say, your close friends, like the first episode of Dinner with the Gaffigans, we had our assistant and a good friend at the dinner, and I'm like, they can't come over anymore. And it's one of those things where you have to... But I'm talking about your your parents, and I'm sure you've read all this stuff. What happens is, like, the Chinese doctors came over to Italy, and they're like, people can't meet for cappuccinos. Like, people were meeting and sitting six feet apart. And they're like, you can't do that even.
0: Right. They're like, but it's just a cappuccino.
1: Right. It's just a cappuccino. It's not like we're doing the three kisses And the Chinese are like, no. So I definitely locked it down. And my wife always talked about, like, we will look back on this time. And we've done things because we have this connection with the hospital. I think that if anyone has free time, we have to be organizing getting meals to these healthcare workers. You know what I mean? If we can't get them PPE, we can at least get them coffee.
0: Yep, that's so great. Is Jeannie... Is she keeping the wheels on for the kids? Like, who's doing good in your house right now? Who's struggling? What's working? Because you are right. We at least live here in kind of big sky Texas, so we could just walk in a yard. But it's no joke to be literally trapped in your apartment. That is a deal. So, how are you doing this?
1: I would say that look, we are not in the two bedroom apartment we were when I wrote that as fat, but. It is an apartment setting, but I would say we all take our turns. I mean, the seven and eight-year-old are kind of, it's family movie night every night. And then our 10-year-old, she's kind of rose to the challenge and she's kind of maturing a little bit. It's a struggle for everyone. And as you know, being the parent of five children is overwhelming anyway.
0: On literally the best day of the year.
1: Yes. During the best week. I miss a life event of my children because I'm doing stand-up somewhere or I'm working on a movie. There are these sacrifices. So it's really just like pouring gasoline on a fire, the quarantine here. And honestly, if we were in a yard, I don't know if my kids would be out in it. And then there is a certain kind of exhaustion and mania that... My daughter, my 15-year-old, was exhausted. She stayed up till 3 the night before I told her to go to bed. She had school that started at 8.30 today. And I saw her last night, you know, in the kitchen at midnight. And I'm like, go to bed. Go to bed. So I don't know if I even answered your question.
0: Well, there is really no answer. It's just what you said. We're doing the same thing. We kind of take turns falling apart here. So my husband and I... We kind of eyeball each other, kind of give each other the once up and down and be like, which one of us is fragile? Which one of us can handle this meltdown happening right now over Algebra 2? Who can do this without sacrificing one of these kids? And so we do, we sort of like pass the baton back and forth. And I don't know how we're doing. I have no idea. We are hoping to get to the other side of this, still like liking each other. You know, that's pretty much it. Schoolwork, I told you, we're aiming at fifty-five percent. So that's not my problem right now. I'm like you. I think
1: that's a healthy approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Your work is obviously in large part canceled right now because you are always performing and you're doing movies and touring. So like what does this look like for you? What are you thinking right now when you're thinking about your career and what got canceled? I understand that I have a had a whole year canceled also, travel and work. And so how does this feel to you right now? And like what's your perspective on this?
1: Interesting. Well, not that I've had much time to digest this, but I view this as definitely a forced break, which is always probably helpful on a creative standpoint of forced quality family time, which is always beneficial, right? But from a creative standpoint, it's like my goals and my creative goals and my, there's a movie that hypothetically is starting in May. I don't know. I doubt it. But from a creative standpoint, I've been doing these weekly CBS Sunday commentaries, which are rewarding but there's not a lot of time to do that there's no downtime and then stand-up comedy wise it's just given our situation if i need to do work so like i was submitting track names for a new album that's coming out i don't know when it's coming out and i had to do that but creativity is this strange kind of open window where It doesn't fit in the time value of money kind of equation. So when they started, my manager was like, how about write a book? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I can sit there. I'm already doing less. I'm already, I've got a certain amount of work I have to do that takes me away. You know, I loved your point about there should be a parade for me doing dinner and there should be a parade for me during breakfast there totally i feel like there should be but compared to my wife's workload it's nothing it's one of those things where i'm hesitant like i think the part of my brain that thinks of a larger creative task is kind of shut down out of my wife would kill me do you know what i mean yep it's like but then again we're not in a financial situation where I got to write this book so that we can feed these five kids. That hasn't come up yet, but I don't know. What about you?
0: Well, yeah, exactly the same. And it's weird to be creative and a creator and then have content that you're trying to figure out what to do. I'm in the very weird position of having a book come out in April. So what the heck? You know, what do you do with that? You know, the whole tour was canceled, of course, and all the media appearances are just whatever. And so it's on the other side of that. So you're kind of talking about the creative process, which is incredibly stunted right now. I mean, I can't hardly think a thought. Like I cannot get through a real clear thought and be proud of it at this point. But on the other end, when you have this finished product and it's about time to like give it to the world, what a weird moment to be like, guys, everybody's losing their jobs. People are really sick. And coming April 21st, you know what I mean? So that's the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life is try to figure out how to still serve my community with this book that I've written at this weird, weird moment. And so I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I really don't. I don't know how I'm doing it all. I'll tell you one thing that I'm watching you do that I think is, well, it's perfect. And it's perfect for you, of course, is you are rallying the troops you live with. So, you know, you're starting to put out dinner with the Gafkins. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. That's your people. That's your kids. They're funny. They're adorable. I can't get enough of Patrick. I wish you would just put a camera on him and just let it run. Like just all day long.
1: He's such a character.
0: Talk to us about your family. Obviously, Jeannie's such a gamer. She's so smart. She's so funny. She's such an interesting creative already. And then you've got these five kids with these big, personalities. So do they, are they like, sure, dad, let the cameras roll. We'll just film dinner.
1: Well, it's an ongoing question. And I do think that there is an expectation where my kids are eventually going to say enough of this. So when it all started, when the pandemic started, I was actually on a Latin American tour for stand up and I was in Bogota, Colombia and they closed down Argentina and I was supposed to go there in 2 days. So I was like, all right, I'm going home. And during that flight home it became very apparent to me that there was a likelihood that I would be separated from my family or that I would have been quarantined, but I walked right into the United States. Like they checked my passport and I had been in Spain in February. So I was kind of mindful of the fact that people are separated from loved ones or friends. And I think YouTube is very much kind of comfort food. Like there's nothing on there that's earth shattering. You know, you're not watching an episode of Game of Thrones. You're watching someone make a bean salad. That's right. You're watching a video feed of your favorite podcast. And so Jeannie was thinking of, she was like, we should do something to help And some of it is, we were consuming so much news that we were finding dinner a break from the stark reality. So just some normalcy. And so we were doing the YouTube feed kind of so that people would watch something that wasn't news so that there was some kind of, if we were not in quarantine time, I wouldn't do this. We've turned down many kind of reality show kind of formats because there is the difference between posting a photo of your children or them being silly and then going full Kardashian. Absolutely. And I think actually that leads to why you releasing this book is important because I do think that we need a break from this stark reality. I'm not saying that people can't sit back and drink vodka or whatever they do. But I'm saying that just as watching stand-up, watching movies, watching Dinner with the Gaffigans, mindless stuff, there is the respite or the vacation from this reality that people can find in a book. You've done other books, right? Yeah. You know, I noticed even when the quarantine started on Instagram, people would post things in their stories that they were reading a book that I wrote. And there was much more of that. So I think there's a real appetite for a book.
0: That's a good point. Everybody, super delighted to talk about one of my favorite new sponsors with you, which is International Justice Mission the largest anti-slavery org in the world. They work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking, and then walk with those survivors all the way to freedom, all the way until they are thriving. I've traveled actually to Rwanda on a joint trip with IGM and Noonday Collection a few years ago. and When I saw their work up close, I was in awe of what they are accomplishing with their local leaders and officials right now. So in times like we're in, their stories remind us that on the other side of tragedy, there can still be hope. On Lake Volta in Ghana, Gideon and his brother were trapped in slavery for years. They don't even remember how old they were when they were trafficked. The boys endured countless horrors and never imagined that they'd escape. But one day when Gideon was fishing on the lake, Another boat pulled up next to his, and it was full of IJM investigators trying to discover how many kids were working on the lake. Gideon told investigators, don't leave me with this man. He is wicked. It took an entire year of searching with authorities, but Gideon was rescued from the lake, and then later his brother was rescued too. IJM then helped Gideon settle in at a shelter where he could begin to heal, and he enrolled in vocational school. IJM staff walked alongside Gideon every step of the way, even at his graduation, when he received a very special Best in Literacy Award. Right now, you can go to IJM.org slash Share Hope Now to watch more stories of hope just like that one. We need these stories right now, don't we? So again, you can go watch at IJM.org slash share hope now, and then you share these stories with your community. Okay, back to our show. It's an interesting rhythm to kind of watch our culture respond to the quarantine because there is kind of how it felt like three weeks ago. I was actually in New York three weeks ago. It seems like 300 years ago, but I was there right at the beginning, like right when we were all still kind of going, well, I mean, it's just a work trip. I felt like my mom, it's just a work trip. And everything was shutting down. Like while I was in New York, is when Broadway went dark and March Madness is canceled. You know, that's when things were happening like once an hour. That very next week just felt like mayhem just absolute clear the shelves. There's no toilet paper anywhere. But you are right. It feels like kind of right now, like on week three and four, we're kind of settling into the pocket a little bit. The chaos has receded. And I think people are ready and actually need to laugh somewhere and to just turn off the news somewhere and to read something that means something to their brain or their soul in some way. And and I think that's where you come in. I think that's where I can come into and serve our communities in ways that just feel like a break like a freaking break.
1: yes it's also holding on to our identities because we know we're going to get through this but quarantine you know for me it's not that far off like it's in the category of words of solitary confinement you I mean? There's not a lot of positives associated with quarantine. Oh, the positives of quarantine. So there is something about people, I think, instinctively are grasping for normalcy. What's so fascinating is as a culture, we're all dealing with it. This is not like Houston dealing with a natural disaster. This is the whole country, and not in identical fashion, but we're all dealing with it. There's a strange bonding that's occurring. It's gonna be so fascinating. I wanna see what America is like in two years.
0: Yeah, me too. What do you predict? What do you think, or what do you hope even?
1: I mean, I'm a big old capitalist, you know, but I hope the adults are in charge. You know, it's like one of those things where when you go to the doctor, Cause we're helping these people that saved Jeannie's life and you're kind of grateful that they're nerds. And I mean that as a compliment. I hear it. Thank God you loved chemistry.
0: Oh my gosh. So glad you're just wearing those khaki pants, you know? Right. It's yeah. like,
1: thank God you're into logistics. Thank God you're into organizing. By the way, I'm still also somebody that believes that people need a financial incentive, but I think we got to get to the point where adults are in charge By the way, we're going to have to do everyone's taken care of, because a third of the country is going to be unemployed. So it's like, that's just the reality. Human beings are very fragile people. And all these people are going to be dealing with sick people, economic stress. The least we can do is make sure that they don't have a looming, enormous medical bill or they're food insecure.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think a healthy, stabilized citizenry makes for a stronger, more resilient, more productive country. What I'm thinking about constantly is the level of recovery that's going to be required for Americans emotionally and mentally. I I suspect that our mental health professionals are about to just hit the ground running, that we are going to need their work in ways that are unprecedented as we sort of come out of this weird season of isolation and fear. And it was just weird to watch our lives just come to a screeching halt so quickly. It sort of evaporated any illusion of control that we ever thought we had. I'm gonna ask you this question and then I know you've gotta get back to whatever it is you're already doing, like being in your house. Same, same here. You mentioned this a minute ago, and I wonder if it's serving you right now. Obviously, you and Jeannie walked through really scary health moment a couple of years ago, and and the kids were even younger then than they are now. And you had to learn in that moment how to walk your kids through a hard thing, a scary thing with an unknown outcome. And I'm wondering if any of the lessons that you learned in that season of Jeannie's tumor and recovery is serving you right now as you kind of manage your kids in this crisis.
1: I would say, obviously, it's a different thing, but it is kind of life turning off and doing something else and all hands on deck as it comes to the children. The one thing that's missing is my wife is from a huge family that's pretty filled with exceptional people that also turned off their life and came and helped. So it's a different task. Yeah, it definitely did prepare me. You know, like there's things that are off the shelf. And that's the difference between us and our teenagers, is that we've gone through stuff, hard experiences kind of, give a kernel of wisdom, but you also know that not being able to go on Good Morning America and talk about your book, you know, in person, you might be able to do it via Skype. It's not as big as the safety and the security of your children, right? And so that's where there's this maturity where you're like, yes, you know what? It's a creative accolade. I wrote this book uh, this would be known as the coronavirus book, but I never had any control over, you know, we never had any control over anything. And I loved when you talked about how, like, we suddenly were reminded, because that is the thing. And why we do these things is there is a reward in the process. I don't know. I just think that there's something about this is me just blathering on. There's just something about this process that's making us. You know, and we want to be the right person when this is all over. You know what? Yeah. Instead of me moping around about my book, I made sure that my child understood that Algebra 2 is not the be-all and end-all. Right? And so I think we'll be proud of those moments.
0: I do, too. I do, too. I look forward to that. And it's really great to watch our communities come together in such new and creative ways and rally around each other, rally around laughter, which still matters. It has its place right now. And really like get behind each other's families. That feels special. I think, well, that won't be taken away from us in this weird season. Okay, listen, I'm going to ask you these very quick, like off the top of your head questions and then like land the plane. Okay. Here's the first one, if you have one. Have you just hung on to or discovered any sort of like practice or habit right now in this minute that's helping you kind of stay grounded and or sane?
1: I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel like getting some exercise on the elliptical helps a lot. (laughs) It's so off brand. the the, The brain won't shut down, but the body does
0: night. Yep. That's, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Okay. How about this? And maybe the answer is nothing. Maybe the answer is no to this question, but since you're just stuck at home 24 seven right now, is there a single project that either you or Jeannie has suggested to you that you're now thinking, I'm going to tackle that. I'm going to tackle that while I'm here at this house.
1: We are treading water right now, but in the back of my mind, I'm, there's a lot of projects. You know, I'm also not Mr. Handy, but I changed a uh, water filter. I mean, I almost flooded the whole apartment, but I did it. But yeah, no, there is, there's nothing looming like I'm going to do that. I mean, I look at some of my closets, and I'm like, maybe I could do my closet, but it's hour to hour.
0: Yeah, I kind of just decided I was not going to be a try-hard on any of those things. That my try-hardness was going to be just to get through every day. And that's good. And if you changed a water filter, again, where's your parade? Here is the last question. And actually, I ask all my guests this question on every series. And you can answer this however you want. This can be like an earnest, sincere, like very kind-hearted thing. Or it could be like absurd. And so the question is, what is saving your life right now?
1: That's really an interesting thing. I think my children at different times are. I'm really going to resent when in the future, people are like, but, you know, that pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to you. But I think that these forced moments with my children, I have a lot of gratitude for those. Jeannie was cleaning with, Patrick, and he was trying to get rid of something, and it wasn't moving, and Jeannie was like, you got to put some elbow grease in there. And then Patrick was like, he worked, and he goes, all right, where's the elbow grease? You know, there's things like that. I love that kid. Right? And by the way, we all, I think, we're used to having special family times when we're on vacation, or holidays, or birthday parties. But you have to find those moments In this, you know, it's like, right? you know, maybe like I made this sauce last night. And of course it was after the dinner with the Gaffigans was off, but like everyone was saying the sauce was really good. And I was like, you know, that was, that was my parade. It was.
0: (laughs) The little space you're at right now, it just goes by in a minute. What I noticed is once we got out of like the diapers and just baby prison, And got into elementary school and definitely middle. Once we hit middle school and high school, it just slips through your fingers. It's just over in a minute. And so you're right. Like this is a time just to hang on. You're not going to have a seven-year-old in the house for much longer. There's a charm to that that never comes back in the same way. And so I appreciate you saying that. And it's good to hang on to because, again, we're just trying to figure out what do we hang on to and what do we let go of right now? And that's one of the things to hang on to for sure. And so are you. I want to tell you that you have meant so much to me and to my family. You have been a connecting point for me and my kids for years in a really, really amazing way. And you've made us laugh and you've made us laugh together, which is special. And so thanks for coming on today. Thanks for just being exactly who you are and for sharing your family with us who we all feel like we know. They're precious to us too. From one parent of five kids to another... Like, just solidarity, you know? Um, let's just get to the other side here, like with our brains intact.
1: You're a Cinco. You know, we call them Cincos, people that are dumb enough <laughs> to have five kids. Because you're sinking. You always feel like you're sinking. But, of course, in Spanish, it means Cinco.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Please give your family all of our love from the
1: Hat Makers. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Ang. Congrats on your book. Thank you.
0: He is just a treasure, isn't he? Just in case you have not been exposed to Jim's work, to his comedy, just in case, I'm sure you have. But over at jenhabicker.com, underneath the podcast tab, we will link to Jim's stuff and you can thank me later. Like if this is the way you spend the rest of your day, binge watching Jim's comedy shows and everything he's ever put on the internet, his books are hilarious. Then I will just say, I will pat myself on the back for introducing you to one of the greats. That conversation meant a lot to me. And it was great to talk to another parent that's parenting five kids. It was great to talk to somebody who has meant so much to us. And I hope that you enjoy this. Gosh, We are just trying to put conversations in front of the community right now that are relevant to the moment. That talking about feelings we're all feeling and experiences we're all experiencing and worries we're all worrying about. And even our most famous comedians have the same exact thoughts. And so happy to bring these conversations to you in this bonus series. I hope you're not also missing the regular series on the For the Love podcast, which is all based around fierce right now. We loaded that thing up with some of the greatest folks that we think embody the message. And so don't miss a single one of those episodes. They are all just fire, absolute fire. Okay. Lots more to come. We're just trying to send you as many podcasts as we can record. We're just trying to serve you well in this moment, listeners. So on behalf of Laura and Amanda and I and our whole team, we love you. We're grateful for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing our episodes. Thank you for reviewing the podcast and leaving good marks and all of it. All that means the world to us. And we see it and we notice it and we're thankful for it. See you next time, guys.